my life often reflects is that I think that maybe just there's certain things that I think I could maybe do better. Um, and I fail at that miserably every time. And, um, but, you know, I've had a lot of good in my life, a lot of bad in my life, a lot of ugly in my life, um, made good decisions, bad decisions. Um, and, but God has blessed me. Um, and I am standing here having a husband of almost 15 years and four beautiful, healthy children, um, three of which are saved. The three-year-old needs to get saved. She's, <laughs> <laughs> she, needs, she needs the Lord. Um, no, but uh, God has blessed me uh, despite of myself. Um, and that's grace. That's um, grace. Everything that he's given me that I don't deserve. And his mercy, every, he is sparing me all that I really do deserve. And um, for that, I am so grateful. And that's something that we can all can be grateful for. Um, I came to know Jesus when I was six years old. I asked him into my heart. And um, ever since then, he's proved to be um, faithful even when I'm not. So, I hope that this song, I hope this song can speak to you wherever you are and know that Jesus loves you and has provided a way.
many have run after a counterfeit happiness, a counterfeit religion, even. So, Father, today through your word and through your spirit, we ask that you would help us to see where we stand, what we follow, and that we would be careful. Speak to us this day as only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here's where the wheels started turning. I've been reading in Revelation uh, chapter 11, beginning at verse 3. And I'm going to read you through verse 10. And I want to see what you think about this. If this reminds you of a counterfeit or something. And I will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for 1,260 days wearing sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that shall stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes, and anyone who wants to harm them must be killed in this manner. They have authority to shut the sky so that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying, and they have authority over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the bottomless pit will make war with them, on them, will conquer them, and will kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that is prophetically called Sodom into Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, members of the peoples, tribes, and languages of the nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And the inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to the inhabitants of the earth. These events take place during the seven-year period that you know as the Great Tribulation. I personally believe the church or Christian people will be spared this time on earth, will be gone by rapture. Others don't believe that and it is a pivotal in our point today. You've heard people that are pre-millennialist or post-millennialist. I always heard my father say that he was a pan-millennialist. It all just pan out. So it really doesn't matter to our story today. So during this seven-year period, Scripture teaches that lots of people will turn to Christ. Chapter 7 talks about 144,000 witnesses from the 12 tribes of Israel that will witness to the world during these difficult days. And so these two witnesses in chapter 11 are God's special messengers to invite the lost, those left behind, if you will, to a right relationship with God. The world is very evil, and even in this final stage of judgment, it's amazing to me that God is offering salvation to so many that miss the boat, but he, he still is offering his love. What I want to look at is found in verse 10 and see what this did to you as you're thinking about counterfeits. And the inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and exchange presents because these two prophets have been a torment to the inhabitants of the earth. Does that remind you of anything? A counterfeit to anything that we do? Looks like a counterfeit Christmas, doesn't it? Isn't that odd that the world will celebrate with a counterfeit Christmas, not at the birth, but at the murder of God's witnesses. So that's when my head started putting all these, connecting all of these dots. 
later on, if you read further in, in Revelation, in chapter 13, we're not going to do that today, but you see a, a counterfeit resurrection. You, you see counterfeit miracles and signs. These events are yet to come, but we were warned long, long ago. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 sheds light on this. Dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we'll be gathered to meet Him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have, spiritual, have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say, but that day will not come until there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He'll exalt himself and defy everything that people call God uh, and every object of worship. He'll even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? Did you know what I was holding him back? For he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. The men will do come and do the work of Satan, and look at the word, with counterfeit signs and miracles. He'll use every kind of deception to pull those on their way to destruction. Because they refuse to love and accept the truth that was saved. It is happening all the time. For just about everything God offers, Satan offers the chief and a dangerous time. I want you to think of some examples that you've noticed either in Scripture or in your lifetime. And tell me in the days and weeks to follow as I add some notes to this. But I've chosen a few that I've noticed. In John chapter 10, verse 10, we are told that the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's his job. And Jesus said he came that we can have life and have it abundantly. As God intends abundant life and a life filled with his best blessings, and God offers that. Satan offers false joy all sorts of stuff. The counterfeit for abundant eternal life is a life distracted by stuff and temporary pleasure. That's the counterfeit. Significance is taken over in this world's definition of success by what you have. You've seen the bumper sticker, I, I suppose, he who dies for the most stuff wins. You've seen those bumper stickers. He who dies with the most stuff wins. Maybe someone should come up with a bumper, bumper sticker that says, He who dies with the most stuff is still dead. <laughs> Sorry, but it's true. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul behind it. It's gone. And Jesus was well aware of that battle that if we're not careful, we can get tangled. In Matthew chapter 6, we find these words. Don't store for yourselves treasures on earth. We're mauled and blessed and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven. 
where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. That is true. You can tell who someone serves by where they best come. Where your treasure is, your heart will be there. On to chapter 16 in Matthew, beginning at verse 24, we find these words. Jesus told his disciples, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. What will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? We live in a world that's distracted, and a lot of people have accepted the counterfeit or significance part of the kingdom for success. God has given us love. Another area that's been counterfeited. Brief definition, the best one I recall is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. That's love. Jeannie and I celebrated our 31st anniversary Wednesday. Uh, I took her to prayer meeting. I thought that was a nice place to go. <laughs> but I made up for it yesterday. I took her to a nice dinner at the varsity. And so I thought that was good. But what I have tried to do and what I have learned in 31 years, I, I have tried to love her as God defines love. Not as David defines it, but as God defines it. We do much better when I follow his definition. But what has happened in this world? God has given us love that is beautiful and ordained at the very beginning of time. And Satan has given us lust. What God created for his people, Satan has taken and has caused so many problems in this world that you cannot pick up the newspaper or listen to the radio or watch television without seeing evidence of that counterfeit problem that faces society today. And in our lifetime, it has gotten worse. It has gotten worse. Look at the counterfeit copy that we have today. It is interesting and, and appreciate Christy being here so much today. What music does for us. Music can soothe our soul and relax us and draw us closer to God. And we've had some of our closest experience, I am sure, to God through wonderful music. Ever been mad because of music? Ever had somebody with a boot box so loud and some words so profane? that it took you from happy to angry in three seconds or less. Satan has his hand in music that is perverted and obscene. And something that I sincerely believe that God gave us has counterfeit copies that put people at risk. And as I wrote those words this week, I thought, boy, I sound like those old fuddy-duddies when I was a young person listening to music. God created joy and peace for all of us to experience as we are close to Him. Satan wants 
us to have joy and peace through other measures. I remember being at a wedding reception in Milwaukee several years ago. We were at a reception center, uh, a large reception center, for two receptions. Our reception was very well attended, and it was dry. There was no alcohol at our reception. The reception next door was very well attended, and it was wet. It was very, very wet. I was out of the common area uh, visiting with some friends. And there were people from the other party that were in the common area. And one of them found out that we were at a drive event. And he turned to a friend and he says, I can't have a party unless there's alcohol there. That's common. That counterfeit has done damage to our world. To give you peace or to give you security or to give you popularity or to help you forget. Look what has happened through that. Satan's counterfeit to joy and celebration has caused untold devastation to our world that you see and I see. God invented prayer. It teaches us to pray without ceasing. Are there counterfeits to prayer? Oh yeah. Satan wants us to worry the gossip. To keep so busy with our mouths that we don't have time to pray. I suppose the list is endless. And again, I'm interested in the counterfeit that you come up with after you think about it. I remember years ago a police drama on television. The policemen would have their meetings before their shifts. And the sergeant or the lieutenant, somebody would stand at the podium and tell them what they were looking for and what they were doing. And at the end of the meeting, the man in charge would always close with, you be careful out there. That's good words for us. You be careful out there. As I was reading this week about counterfeit, every few years you have noticed the United States government comes out with a new bill. The hundred looks so different from what it did, and the twenties look, they're all different. Um, in fact, when they first come out, they look counterfeit, don't they? And you wonder, what in the world is that funny colors? They're constantly updating them with their security measures because copiers and forgers can do amazing work. In reading about that, do you know how bank tellers are best able to identify counterfeit money? This was interesting. This was from an FBI report. The best way and the only way to train tellers to identify counterfeits is to make them familiar with the real thing. Isn't that good? The best way to spot a counterfeit is to be familiar with the real thing. Think about that and the things we are confronted with in our Christian walk. We have to test and hold and prove everything that comes our way to make sure that it's consistent with our Heavenly Father and what He wants us to do. In John chapter 10, beginning at verse 3, we find these words. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
When he's brought out on his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him. They follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they'll run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. The only way to know, to be careful, to not fall for the counterfeit, is to know God and to know him well. Be careful out there. Know his voice. Let's pray to God. Father, forgive us for the times when we have not listened to the right voice. Oh, how we get in trouble then. We ask that you would help us in this world that needs help because it's so filled with counterfeit messages and partial truth. Father, we pray for what has happened in Harvard. And instead of shaking our heads, we pray for revival. Father, we pray that for our lives, for our church, for our town, our state, our country, our world. That people would know the truth, that they find freedom that comes from that. So, Father, help us to know your voice. Help us to follow you. And, Father, help us to point folks in the right direction. That's our job. You help us to give us strength to do that, to tell the truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have our time of invitation. We're not going to sing today, but we will stand. And we're going to ask Christy if she'll come lead us in a time when we can make the decision that Christ wants us to make. Let's respond. Christy. and carry
kiss the world goodbye. Then go and 